This is our fourth session now on Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. And last time we traced the eight stages here of devastating corruption in the human heart right down to the hardness. Let's read it. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must not, you must no longer walk. So he's very eager to change their way of life. No longer be conformed. No longer walk as the Gentiles do. You were those Gentiles once in spirit, and now you are Gentiles ethnically, but you no longer participate in the same moral identity as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind, darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And I said, we've gotten to the bottom with the hardness of the heart. The bottom of the problem is not ignorance. The bottom of the problem is hardness, yielding an ignorance of the life of God and thus an alienation from him and thus everything else by way of walk. Now, as he keeps going in verse 19, we see the fruit not built up this way, that he's not uh, arguing backwards, he's arguing forward from what comes from this hard or callous heart. Who, having become callous, and I think this callousness and this hardness are virtually the same, he's just continuing it with another word, having become callous, they have given themselves up, handed themselves over to sensuality. So the hardness of heart can be described this direction with ignorance and alienation from the life of God and darkened understanding and futile mind and a walk that's immoral, immoral like the Gentiles. And now he's going the other direction and he's saying, here's another way to describe it. The hardness of heart, the callousness, is a giving up of oneself to sensuality unto, and that sensuality of mind or heart yields a kind of practice, namely a practice of all uncleanness. And it is in covetousness. Okay, so that's as far as we're going to go. I want to understand uh, what in the world it means for Paul to say hardness of heart results in abandon to sensuality and practice of uncleanness, and all of it is in greed or covetousness. What does that mean? So, Father, I pray that we would get inside the head of our fallen selves. This is who we are, apart from the Holy Spirit received by faith in Jesus Christ, working to free us from this dynamic. So, grant us to understand the dynamic so that we can recognize its intrusion upon our sanctified and redeemed souls and fight it with faith. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's one way to go about answering the question of how this covetousness 
works in this dynamic of hardness yielding sensuality, yielding uncleanness in covetousness. When you think about the hardness of heart or the callousness of heart, do you think of the heart that is uh, inert, that is dead and blank in the sense it doesn't have any feeling, doesn't have any desires? And I would say, on the contrary, hardness of heart is a cauldron of desires. In other words, when we die and become hard towards God, alienated from the life of God, the heart does not cease to produce desires. This hardness here doesn't mean I am desireless. It means, rather, my heart is not producing desires for God. I am dead to God. I am hard to God. But oh my, am I alive to my body, my lusts. So the the heart that loses God as its desire becomes a cauldron of desires. And where do they go? Where do these desires go if they don't go to God and God's ways and God's goodness and everything about God in this world that makes things holy to desire for? They go towards sensuality. And what is sensuality? It's sensuality is these desires minus God and therefore sinking in the opposite direction towards mere bodily lusts. Sensuality is the overflow of craving and desiring for merely sensual desires, sensual things, lustful things, mainly sexual things, though not only. And that sinking of the heart in to sensuality results in a kind of lifestyle that is called here uncleanness. Now, is that way of talking, what I just said in the last two, three minutes, confirmed or contradicted by this phrase in covetousness? Because frankly, I'll admit, I said what I just said because of what I think about this and its meaning. Because when I think, now what in the world, what does this mean that this Callousness is causing people to give themselves up to desires that are for low, merely bodily lustful things, yielding uncleanness. All of that is in covetousness, in greed. And here's what was triggered in my mind <laughs> a parallel over in Colossians 3 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you sexual immorality, uncleanness, which is mentioned back here, practice of all uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, same word as right here. And then it says, which is, and that which is singular here, referring most immediately to covetousness, which is idolatry. Oh my, oh my, 
So Paul, when he thinks about the nature of greed and covetousness, he says, covetousness is what desire becomes minus God. And would that be fair? Idolatry is worshiping, craving, desiring, putting your hope in, your satisfaction in, your desires in non-God. That's what idolatry is. And so covetousness in Paul's mind is very God-oriented, mainly you, you leave God out. It's defined in terms of Godness. He's missing. Covetousness is what desires become minus God. Now I go back and I say, oh, so this hardness, which is not a ceasing to desire, but desires all going in the wrong direction, is manifested for what it is as alienation from the life of God. So I've already been given a definition of what's wrong with these desires in that phrase, and now I have it confirmed here. So, when I say, or when Paul says, hardness, callousness is giving rise to sensuality, which yields practices of uncleanness, and all of it is happening in covetousness, which is idolatry, that's the same as saying it's happening in alienation from the life of God. So, hardness of heart or callousness is a heart that still has a Vesuvius. Somebody called the heart a desire factory. It's a cauldron of desires. And when God is out of the picture as the satisfaction of those desires, this is what happens. Sensuality and sensuality on the inside producing uncleanness on the outside. And let's just end by taking note of what uncleanness means in Paul. Generally, it means sexual sin. Let's just look at that. So let's just trace it. Here we go. Ephesians 5.3, sexual immorality and uncleanness. There they are bracketed together, or covetousness, there's that connection, must not even be named among you. Here's 2 Corinthians 12.21, I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the uncleanness and sexual immorality and sensuality that they have done. So here, uncleanness, that's what we're trying to define here in verse uh, 19 of Ephesians 4 is what, what is it? And I'm arguing that it's always associated or almost always associated with sexual immorality and sensuality in Paul. Here's Galatians 5.19, the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, uncleanness. There they are again, paired together, along with sensuality. Now here's Romans 1.24, and this comes close to putting a very specific sin in view, namely homosexual behavior. God gave them up to the lusts, so there's that giving up idea, to the lusts of their hearts, to uncleanness. Now there's our word. And what does he have in mind here when he refers to God giving them up to uncleanness? 
to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. And for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. What does he mean by this giving up to dishonorable passions, which are the going to yield uncleanness? For their women exchanged natural relations for those uh, that are contrary to nature. And likewise, men gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. In other words, homosexual behavior. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. So, one of the meanings, not the only one, but one of the meanings of uncleanness here that flows from this sensuality, that flows from this hardness, which is marked by the cauldron of desires that leaves God out of account. They've exchanged God, according to Romans 1, is homosexuality. And what needs to happen? And the next verse in Romans 1 goes like this. They did not, since they did not approve to have God in their knowledge, their their life is alienated from the knowledge of God. They are committing idolatry all the time by their covetousness, which is expressed in hardness, which is expressed in sensuality, which is expressed in uncleanness, one of which is homosexuality, but not the only one. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what they do what ought not to be done. So what we learn is that this hardness here, this callousness here, which is the root issue in human fallenness, human sinfulness, not only has the effects in this direction, but because of its alienation from the life of God, produces desires that are disconnected from God. Covetousness swarms around them, and it is idolatry. It is God out of the picture. When God's out of the picture, desires become sensuality, and sensuality produces all kinds of uncleanness. And what we need is for this to be reversed. We need, instead of not approving to have God in our knowledge, we need to approve of having God in our knowledge. And that's what happens when people are born again.